Essendorma from the opera Turn Dot. I will conquer, I will conquer. Welcome to Healthy Vision, the talk radio show that helps you conquer your vision loss. Dr. Edward Condrett is a board-certified ophthalmologist and homeopathic doctor, author of seven best-selling books. Healthy Vision is dedicated to bring you the latest information for a lifetime of healthy sight and to help you conquer your eye problems. And now your host, Dr. Edward Condrett. All right, I love that uh, introductory music. That was my intro to my radio show for over 22 years. It's from the opera uh, Torendot, from uh, Nessim Dorma, Nessim Dorma, Vintro, Vintro, I will conquer, I will conquer. And not only uh, is Healthy Vision trying to help you conquer your vision loss in the United States, I'm also very active in um, helping uh, restoring lost vision in other countries, especially Africa. And that's one of the reasons why my guest today is Lewis Swan, who's the president of Sight.org. And he's doing remarkable work in Africa, in particular the country uh, Togo. And I first met Lewis, uh, it was probably about four or five years ago when we did a mission together. But anyway, uh, let me introduce him. Lewis, it's, thank you so much for taking time to be on Healthy Vision. Thank you so much for having me here. So um, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How how did you get involved with mission work? And maybe talk a little bit about your experience on the Mercy Ship, too. Yeah, it started on the Mercy Ship. I'm from Texas, and I went to Africa to join Mercy Ships. I was there for three years. And about midway through that experience, from it's quite a long story, but from a sequence of events, I was led to realize the need and the, I guess, the desit, how destitute people are in rural parts of Africa in terms of the economy limitations, the multi, multiple variables that prohibit them from traveling to get care. And I think it actually started when um, I heard I was on the ship and I was, I was public relations at the time and I was hosting media and there was a lady about 11 hour drive from the ship and she had a massive tumor that would result in death eventually. It was about the size of a football on the side of her neck. And the ship, if she could have made it, she could have totally gotten treatment and, and survived. And I got the news that she was not coming. And I was shocked, like what? And, and the reason she wasn't coming was because she couldn't afford the travel. And the travel, uh, I mean, it was complicated. It's just like, okay, can we go find her? And just realizing that, oh my gosh, some people literally just cannot make it to the ship. And so I saw that and I saw the number of blindness in Africa. Um, cataracts is the leading cause of blindness in sub-Saharan Africa. We usually don't think of cataracts as leading to blindness. But in this part of the world where there's malnutrition, the tropical sun is real strong and other variables, the cataracts can develop so quickly that somebody can go blind in the matter of a few months. In fact, most of the people that we talk to and that we see, they went from zero cataracts to cannot see within a very, very short time span of usually a few months. And if I go into a village of 200 people in rural Africa, I expect to find about a dozen people there blinded by cataracts, which is about a 20 to one or one out of 20 people are blind 
in this part of the world. And so that's where we started and site.org in 2012 was focusing on that demographic, realizing that yes, there's awesome groups like Mercer ships that reach the highest populated areas, which are coastal. And the, so the ship is a great model, but realizing there's another layer of need that is just not one model fits all issues. And so we started to go from the very beginning to remote parts of Togo. And we, so we started a mobile clinic off the bat. And to date we've done a, we're just shy of uh, 6,500 surgeries under our belt. And so 6,500 people that pretty much would not have gotten a surgery otherwise, because again, this is an area of the world where people can't make it to the ship or they can't make it to the capital. And if you only live on trading vegetables and your from your farming, the idea that you're going to come up with the two, three, four hundred dollars to travel to the capital, sustain yourself through surgery and recovery, it just never happens. And so as a result of that, we find people that have been blinded sometimes for decades. And we are able to see their sight restored after about a 15 minute surgery. Somebody like Dr. Kondrat coming to help with that or our native doctors. And the next day the patch comes off and they can see. I know it was a really rewarding experience for me when I did uh, my first uh, mission with site.org. Uh, I flew into Lome, which is the capital of Togo. And you're right. I think it was about a six or seven hour drive. Uh, and the roads were really, really tough, really yeah. in bad shape. And not only were we in a remote area doing uh, the, the mission, but people traveled uh, for a, a long distance just to get there. Yeah, some of them. Some mm -hmm. of them. And it was really a, a well-run mission and the, the people were so grateful. And one comment I'm, I want to make is, you know, these, these people were blind. I mean, they, I'm not talking about like cataracts that you see in the U.S. where somebody has a little blurred vision and it's emergency surgery. These people were totally blind. They could barely see a hand motion in front of them. They, they couldn't function. Not only couldn't they function, but usually they tied up another family member, usually a child that mm. would be like a seeing eye dog to help them take care of them. And these people were like without hope. And of course, you're a, a Christian organization. So literally you, you are uh, bringing light, the, the, the light and love of the Lord back into yeah. their life. You're restoring yeah. their vision. You're giving them hope. You're giving them a whole new life. And then you're also introducing them to Christianity. And, uh, you know, in that, that part of the world, I mean, voodoo is uh, <laughs> the major religion. So it's opening yeah. up to a, a loving religion instead of yeah. one based on curses and, you know. Fear. Yeah, fear. Very, yeah. Uh, it's a very, very fear-driven religion. And um, it's a very, yeah, yeah if, um, it's very fearful uh, religion. That's the motivation in that circle, in that mindset. Mm. So um, uh, this, your your project has been very successful and, you're helping so many people, but I like, uh, and the reason why you you recently contacted me, you, you're setting up a whole new uh, project, uh, which I'm, I'm really excited about in that this project is we're going to be training African doctors in yes. uh, a specific surgical technique. And 
the technique that we use on these missions is called uh, M6, manual small incision cataract surgery. And it's much different than the traditional surgery that we do in the US. It's in the US, it's it's highly technical. It's we use an emulsifier, it's a small incision, fancy equipment, a lot of um uh a lot of uh saline, a lot of supplies. But the M6 operation, minimal equipment, no sutures, and a very, very quick operation. Uh, but unfortunately, doctors have to be trained in it. And uh, on the Mercy ship, when I was uh, the surgical director on the Mercy ship, we we helped train African doctors. They learned a skill, but then they go back to their village and they just didn't have the equipment. They didn't have the lenses and they lost the skill because they couldn't continue. So your idea, which I think is is brilliant, we are going to train the doctors and then we were going to go into their village with supplies and help them continue to, to utilize their surgical skills and give uh, good care. So I wonder if you could kind of review um, this project. Um, so that is the biggest challenge. Obviously doctors can learn and we, we've trained 20 doctors to date but the idea that they go into the areas where there's need and that they're able to hit the ground running, it's unfortunately a little bit more complicated than that. And even the training itself, there's different levels and there's different techniques. Uh, one thing that Dr. Kondrat and I are looking into is simul and incorporating simulation training. I've actually am in the process of flight simulation and my person and, and for actually for Africa, for helping to find the blind, we're looking into aviation. And so simulation is an amazing tool to help me learn to fly, but likewise, it's an amazing tool to help doctors learn to do surgery in a safe environment. And so we're going to expand on that side. And in addition to that, find ways to make doctors that are hitting the ground to help them hit the ground running, that they have what it takes to begin their practice and use, have the equipment in need. There's some countries, I mean, Togo, when I first came to the country, there was more doctors than there were microscopes. And there are some doctors that are trained for surgery assigned to a part of the country by the government and they can't even do surgery. They're there as to identify the blindness, but they're not able to do those next steps. And so we're, we have made such an impact, not boasting on myself, really boasting on my team. <laughs> they're, they're the ones doing all the hard work. And we're finally at a point where finding the blind is actually getting a little bit hard. And by hard, it used to be when Dr. Kondrat came, we can make a short announcement and 200 people show up. And it takes no effort at all to gather those 200 people for surgery. Now, my team has to work really hard to come up with 120 and so the, the ship is starting to turn in this country called Togo. And so expanding beyond Togo and helping the doctors that are going to follow us, because there's always going to be new, new cataracts. And as we reduce the blindness in this country, we want to leave doctors behind us to partake in surgery and to be equipped. And so we're uh, looking for partners and people that have 
heart for Africa. I want to donate the supplies and the equipment to make these doctors successful because it honestly does not require much of a boost in terms of getting them rolling and ready to make a huge impact. And, and once a doctor has the skill set and has the equipment, a single doctor in, in certain circumstances can impact a thousand people a year, or maybe it's 200 people a year, but it's still what we need to make Africa blind cataract free or blindness free. Again, cataracts are always going to be there, but I think in the very near future, we will find where the person waiting in a village for 20 years, giving up hope that sight is ever in their, in their future, that's coming to an end, at least mm -hmm. in Togo in the very near future. So the project is that we're going to recruit um, qualified African doctors who want to learn this procedure. And we're going to begin by uh, taking them through a simulation device so they can learn the kind of the hand-eye coordination and, and learn the technique. And then the next phase would be to uh, have them operate on animal eyes to get mm -hmm. comfortable using the in instrumentation. Then the third phase would be actually uh, supervising them one-on-one. -on -one. I will be with the African doctor, will help them do the surgery. Because the main goal is uh, to have success with everybody we operate. We don't want beginning surgeons to operate uh, on actual patients and, and cause problems. So they have to be under close supervision. But usually after maybe you know half a dozen or a dozen surgeries, they're comfortable and then they can operate on their own. So they learn the technique. Then we will plan to uh, revisit with them maybe in a couple months in their, in their village where the great need is. And we'll take the supplies uh, there so they can do maybe 100 or 200 cases. So this has been the biggest deficiency in the past. Doctors have been trained but then they lose the surgical skill. They just don't have the equipment to, you know, continue what they learned. So I'm really excited and we're going to be, uh, uh, we're scheduled, I think in October, we're going to be going to Madagascar to review the simulation equipment. And then we're going to be setting up the training center in uh, Togo uh, for the doctors. And then the other thing that I liked about this project is it's not going to be once a year. We're going to be having trainings uh, throughout the year. Uh, our goal is to have, what, nine trainings uh, the first? Uh, not, we do nine campaigns a year. And so when a doctor comes to receive uh, simulation training, we can follow that with, of course, the animal eyes and, and other steps of training before we enter into actually doing an outreach. And, and the other benefit of our organization of being a mobile clinic, we have we go to areas where there's a lot of people that are blind. And so typically speaking, I only know of three other organizations that, uh, that train this technique and they're stationary clinics and good for them for doing it. I'm really appreciative of them, but there's a lot of doctors that are needing this training very few clinics do it. And the ones that are stationary have a limited number of patients to select from. And not all cataracts are the same. Certain surgeries are much easier than others. And certain patients would be better, uh, better category for those younger doctors to start to, 
take steps into that surgical process. And so by being a mobile clinic, we will then go on outreach and have a large pool of cataracts for them to, for us to select, to put them through training. Yeah. And as they're getting training, we also pay them. Uh, we pay the doctors that are doing the surgeries and that is the income that they can use to help purchase their, to start their clinic. Uh, whenever we partner with these doctors and that they receive, it, it's a very, very fair income uh, in terms of, it's, it's not a lot. It's uh, shocking in terms of how inexpensive we can do it. At the same time, that kind of partnership helps them for the long, uh, to, to start so that they can have a more prosperous future. So how can um, people that are listening help, help in our mission? Uh, our organization is called site.org, and that's S-I-G-H-T.org. And you can go to that website, explore us, learn about us, reach out to me if you want to send a little note to hear some more, and uh, we can set up that time. But also, I'd love to have your help get Dr. Kondrat to join us more often. There's lots of different costs with regards to doing outreaches. We do things really economically at the same time, giving hundreds of people sites not free. And at the same time also, it does not take very much to make that huge impact. And I've worked with Dr. Kondrat. I, uh, prior to Dr. Kondrat, I just had my surgeon in Africa. He's still my surgeon. And to me, he's the best surgeon in Togo. But whenever Dr. Kondrat came to work with us, we stepped it up uh, quite considerably. We were probably capping out at 100 surgeries a campaign, and Dr. Kondrat showed us techniques of how to arrange the operating room and just different things that he's learned in his uh, expertise. And now we're doing twice that number of surgeries, very large in part as, as a result of Dr. Kondrat being there. And so we'd love for you to help to get Dr. Conrad to Africa and to help him get to this program and to um, just be a part of that uh, at that need. So if you go to our webpage, site.org, and make a donation uh, with the note in the note section, Conrad's, eventually we'll have a place where you can sponsor them directly. But if you make a note uh, in the note second section that says Conrad's, we'll make sure that 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 funding is going towards the really most important part of our program, which is getting us getting better at what we're doing. And so he's bringing up the standard, I would say, across West Africa and certainly Togo. And so if you could support the Kondrats, you're supporting the standard that we have in Africa to just get higher. Well, um, I'll tell you, Lewis, it's an honor that I'm part of uh, site.org and I'm really excited about this project and you have my 100% commitment. We're going to make this project uh, successful and we are going to make a difference in Africa. And yeah, folks, um, uh, you know, we could use your help. Uh, so if you do have uh, some finances that you'd like to donate to the mission work, it's definitely going to a, a wonderful cause. I do not get paid. Uh, for the surgeries that I do or the teaching. Uh, I just need to cover uh, my expenses. Um, you know, and, the, and neither do I, by the way. <laughs> I don't get paid either. I'm fully sponsored. But the, the, the payment I do receive is to seeing a blind person um, 
with restored sight. I can remember on one of the missions, I operated on a young lady. She was in her late 20s or early 30s. And she walked for a day. She was totally blind in both eyes, carrying her baby, which she never saw before. And we operated on both eyes and to see the joy in her face for seeing her baby for the first time. Because I think what happens in Africa, uh, a pregnant woman, there's only like so much nutrition that the body has. And typically when a mother's pregnant, the nutrition goes towards the infant in utero. And the mother becomes blind during pregnancy, which is kind of interesting. I've never seen that before. But I mean, she was totally blind. And to see the joy on her face immediately after surgery that she could see her baby. Yeah, that, see her for the first I time. Mean, and that 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 is my payment. And that's worth more than all the money in the world to see the, the joy in someone's face that has restored sight. And now that they have hope, they have plans for continuing their life so i need to plug in one more story you forget about epiphany uh epiphany was during the first campaign you were there and he was blind in both eyes it was a 12 year old boy that was born with both cataract totally blind in both eyes and deaf and so he was just like a helen keller essentially and so helen keller deaf and blind she only had her taste, touch, and smell. So effectively, she had 8% of situational awareness. That's with what you have in those three senses. And by getting sight, uh, Dr. Condrat before the, performed the surgery. And this young man, I think it was a 75% situational awareness upload is what you're getting when a young man like this sees for the first time. Now, not seeing the sky, not seeing a tree and what a tree, like that was, you know, barky things that he bumps into on occasion to see that that's a tree and he actually doesn't have to bump into him anymore. He, he can see it now. And so uh, that was another really cool story. That was a uh, cool, and, and a really amazing uh, patient that Dr. Condra had also treated while he was with us. So one of my favorites. Okay. Well, listen, thanks so much, Lewis, uh, for joining me on Healthy Vision. And folks, uh, please um, help us if you can go to site.org and uh, you can also follow us uh, on our mission work. So thanks again, Lewis. Blessings. Thank you so much, Dr. Condrat. You too. Bless you.